So this morning we'll uh, continue with the meditation instructions. <coughs> and we'll use the same format uh, that we've used throughout the week. I'll share a few thoughts, we'll do the practice together, and then there'll be an opportunity to talk a little bit and uh, ask some questions. The suttas say that we can fully awaken in two ways, uh, through concentration and insight, or through insight alone, but not through concentration alone. So what we've been doing throughout the week is building upon essentially a concentration technique and as we give more instructions, which really means we're opening to the possibility of seeing more of experience, which we could say is seeing more objects. Uh, We're expanding our view and to the degree that we do that, there's an opportunity to see cause and effect, which is insight, one way of thinking about insight. So basically, the job of objects is to be known, and the job of mindfulness is to know the objects. Really simple terms. So what I'd like to do is just to review a little bit what we've already offered. This is a way that helps me learn, just hearing things over and over, reading things over and over. So sort of show you the map again, and then talk a little bit about the fourth foundation of mindfulness. So what we shared at the beginning, and what most of us might be doing when we come into the room, you know, as we sit, adjust posture, and probably begin to draw our attention towards some aspect of body, breath, sensation, maybe sound. This is what I do every single time I practice, no matter what. I always, and I usually do all three. I I do a little body scan and, uh, you know, touch points, and eventually I find the breath. Often if my mind is really scattered, I'll work with with sound. That's, That's what helps me. This is all first foundation of, of mindfulness. So there's a sense of, you know, arriving in the room, arriving on our seat, arriving in the body, knowing the body, knowing the body, feeling the body, sensing the body, not as an idea, but just as, as direct experience. And for most of us, this is probably where we establish a primary anchor. Okay. And then in the second foundation of mindfulness, we become aware of Vedana or feelings. Another, another way the teachings are framed is as, as, as establishments, the first establishment of mindfulness, the second establishment of mindfulness. So we can establish mindfulness at the aspect of personal experience that we call feelings. We can establish mindfulness at the aspect of personal experience that we call body. So at the second foundation or the second establishment, We're noticing pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. And one thing that I want to emphasize is that by bringing attention to the primary anchor to begin to settle the mind, we might naturally just notice 
I feel pleasant right now. I feel unpleasant. There's pain in my body. That's one way it unfolds. It's just a natural arising. The foundations do lead into each other like that. And you might orient your practice as such. Other people might have the sense that they're making a distinct choice in practice to turn toward Vedana. Right? You know, like if Noah represents the object of breath, I'm oriented toward Noah, and I'm just, that's my primary focus. And then, if, you know, if George rep- represents feelings, maybe George comes into the field of view naturally. I'm already, aw- I'm already aware of Vedana. It just happened. Right? Or I'm working with the body. I'm oriented in this direction, body. Noah represents body. And so I'm oriented there. And there's a sense of, okay, the mind is stable. I wonder if there's anything pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. And so there's a sense of just reorienting a little bit to become interested in the second foundation of mindfulness. So I'm orienting toward George. Likewise, as we start to pay attention to feeling, we may begin to notice thoughts, feelings, and perceptions also. Okay? So we're noticing, and there's a direct correlation, and again, we're invited to check this out in our own experience. Unpleasant sensation in my back, basic attitude, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want. Okay? We can become interested in establishing mindfulness at the third foundation, and we can orient ourselves in that way. So you could sit, you could come in the room and you could say, okay, I'm going to find my primary anchor, gather the attention, and then I'm going to spend this part of the morning uh, becoming interested in thoughts, feelings, and perceptions. So we are interested in thinking, and we're not trying to stop thinking in any conventional sense, because I mean, this is part of the natural mind also. The mind is going to think. The primary difference is the work is mostly around not getting caught up in the content. Thoughts are going to come. They exhibit their nature and they pass away. The, the nature is that they're changing and that they're passing away. They're arising. They're here for a little bit, shifting and moving, slight variations of their texture and quality, and then they pass away. So that's the dharma or truth of a feeling or a thought or a perception. It's coming and going. And then, as I explained last night, the fourth foundation of mindfulness, I think of it as uh, widening or opening the lens of a camera. So with each, each, each stage of mindfulness... Essentially, the lens is getting wider and we just see more, possibly. Okay. So how do we, how do we practice at the, at the fourth level? Essentially, all the tools... Uh, we can actually use all the tools now that we've been introduced to. So it's like all the options are on the table. And, 
and I think this is a little bit more uh, difficult to grasp conceptually at first, and we can just drop all the tools. Okay? So as we open our awareness, uh, there's, a, there's an invitation to work in that whole space of all four foundations using all the techniques that you've tried so far. And to some extent, there's, there's a quality of just dropping, you know, just, just really opening. Thus far, most of us have an anchor that we've chosen and we're working with, and that's appropriate. In a sense, what we start to do is let go of the anchor. Just let, we, we start to, it's almost like we let the anchor fade to the background. We let the anchor fade to the background. So instead of tracking or resting with one aspect of experience, we're watching the interplay. And we're not actually choosing, I guess that's the primary distinction is that we're not really choosing the anchor at this point. Or we're not choosing the object. The teacher that I referred to last night, Analio, said uh, basically in the fourth foundation, quote, we're becoming aware of variety, unquote. We're becoming aware of variety. If our attention is fixed on one object, we're not going to become aware of a variety, which means we're not going to become aware of cause and effect, and that's going to limit, limit insight. So there's a sense of opening. So how does this work then when we really do get caught up in the productions of mind? Right? So I think for some people, and, you, and some of you might be experiencing this, as you begin to open your awareness, there's a sense of space, maybe the body relaxes, maybe working with breath had you feeling really, really tight, right? And so as you hear the instructions expanding, uh, as the different teachers give them, you have your own sense of expansion. There's a sense of relaxation. Ah, okay. And so you can, uh, you can trust that and you can continue to expand. Other people, and this, this came up in interview, um, feel like it's too much. You know, uh, maybe, maybe working in the first foundation is still uh, a technique that's being developed and you're trying to hold all this different information. And, It's just, it's too much. As, the, as, as we open the awareness, it's like there's too much sensory data coming in and it can be overwhelming. So just to name that, as we open, that can feel refreshing and uh, liberating, right? There's some space. And it can feel overwhelming. Okay, so those are two possibilities. And so <clears throat> in either case, if and when, and it's probably going to be when, right, we get caught up in the productions of mind, uh, a simple feeling tone becomes a I don't want, which becomes a story about something happened that happened five years ago or that I hope will happen in five years from now, and you just, you catch yourself. Our practice thus far, let's just say I'm working with the breath as a primary anchor, even though I'm working with Vedana and I'm becoming interested in thoughts and feelings. I get caught up in the production of mind. In one technique, mindfulness notices uh, diluted distraction thinking. And I come back to the breath. 
right? You understand this is what, this is largely what we're doing, right? So there's a choice. I can stay caught up in thought <coughs> or come back to the breath, inhalation, exhalation, and so on. I can choose to stay there. I can choose to open again. So, so there's another way of coming back that we haven't talked about yet, which highlights the, the fourth foundation and suggests a possible way of practicing that's a little bit different, which is that when we notice we're caught up in the mind's productions, we don't go back to the primary anchor. We, we just, the noticing is enough. Thinking, anger, hatred, jealousy, whatever. We, we notice some pattern of thought. Name it and just open. Open to the full width of that uh, camera lens. And notice whatever's arising in your field of experience most naturally, whatever's there. See, the difference is we're not choosing the anchor anymore. Is that clear? In my experience, that took some time to learn because I had trained, which is what we're doing, I trained to come back, come back, come back, come back. So in that kind of practice, jealousy, breath. You know, like, let's say the story had a, you know, the primary content was jealousy, breath, breath. Breath. So in this, pra- in, this, in, in, in this way of practicing, I get caught up in a story, I notice jealousy, I name the jealousy, and then my attention is wide open, pain in my left shoulder. Another thought. Right? So there's this sense of just opening to what's arising in the moment. So we don't know what the next object is going to be. That's the, that's the primary difference. So there's many objects. Right? And, and, and it includes breath and sensation and sound. And that which is pleasant in the body, unpleasant, neutral. Thoughts, feelings, perceptions, moods, images ideas, memories, hindrances, worry, fear, doubt, and any possible variety of pleasant sensations in the mind, in the body. Remember, no doubt, no greed, no hatred, no anger, no delusion. No tiredness, no doubt. Happiness, peace, equanimity, these are all possibilities too. So if we open and there's a sense of overwhelm, there's too much, sometimes I just feel very speedy and I just come back and work with the breath. Or sound. So, and I think I already said it, but just to be really, really clear that we're, we're showing a, a whole path which was laid out for us in the Mindfulness Sutta. 
And we each are in the process of discerning both where and how to practice, right? right? So where and how to practice. So maybe it's first foundation all, all, all week, and that would be fine. The reason why it's fine is that in my experience, attention to body naturally offers awareness of Vedana and attention to Vedana and honing that skill naturally offers awareness of thoughts, feelings, and perceptions, which naturally, because now we're watching the whole landscape, offers insight into this variety of conditions or variety of experience and how they relate to one another. So I think that's good. Um, we'll do some practice. So taking a posture that is stable. For most of us, this is an upright posture. We're lengthening through the torso and the spine. And the posture is at ease or holds the possibility of ease. So there's the upright quality. This is uh, suggesting and is itself a form of intention, right? There's a sense of presence in the body. We're, We're sitting slightly more erect than we might otherwise. It's not a casual stance. And yet the shoulders fall down and away from the ears. And so the posture is suggesting the possibility of intention in the mind to be itself upright, stable. And the belly can relax and the jaw and the eyes. You might even open the mouth and close it a couple times and just see if you're gripping or biting or clenching. And the body and mind are a sort of natural feedback loop to each other. The degree that the body finds relative ease, maybe the mind can soften a little bit. And go ahead and become aware of some aspect of body, whether it's where the left hand touches the right hand or... the hips touch the cushion or the chair. Just notice some sensation or pressure. A sense of gravity, the weightedness of the body making contact with the surface beneath you. 
And see if you can become aware of your skin. Not with your, eye, not with your eyes. And not as an idea. But see if you can sense or feel your skin. What would that be like? You might even feel the, the air making contact with some part of the body that's exposed. You know, like your forehead or your arms, your feet. Can you notice your skin? attention to the fleshy parts of the body. This is the part of the body that's below the skin. Tissue, muscle. What would it be like to bring your attention to the fleshy part of the body? Can you, can you sense or feel this layer of body between the skin and the bones? And you might just call to mind skin, bone, and in between there's this space, there's this material or mass can you notice this? And can you notice the bones themselves? The dense, solid parts of the body that are on the other side of the tissue. Noticing the bones. This body is made up of skin, flesh, and bones. This body is skin, flesh, Bones. Clinging to this body as me, mine, I understand dukkha. <coughs> Clinging to this body as me or mine, I understand dukkha. Becoming aware of the body elementally, noticing the 
earth quality, the gravity, the simple way that the body is naturally pulled down toward the surface beneath you without you having to do anything. The floor, cushion, blanket rises up. Body presses down into it. There's a natural sense of connection. There's a weightedness to that. Noticing the density, the earth quality. Anything in the body that feels solid. Recognizing my body in this way, I'm aware of the earth quality. Gravity. I rest on the earth, touching the surface beneath me, just like the trees, plants, flowers. Becoming aware of the water quality of the body any fluid or this could be blood any kind of feeling of circulation so this is not a static quality but a moving quality Blood running through the veins throughout the whole body. I'm becoming aware of the fire quality of the body. This is also referring to skin, the part of the body responsible for thermal regulation. Once again, noticing skin or any sensation of temperature, heat. We can include cold or coolness as the opposite of heat. This too can be done by recognizing uh, the quality at the the quality that you sense at the place where any exposed skin makes contact with the environment. Is this hot or cold? or neither cold nor hot.
And then when you have a sense of that, is it pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral? And a way to depersonalize the body a little further, noticing the breath as the wind element. This is movement. We're getting in touch with basic qualities that exist in nature that comprise what we call body. Feeling the movement of the breath. The texture. Any sensations that go with the breath. This body is comprised of the same elements as nature. I cannot control them, possess them, or truly own them. They are not me. They are not mine. This body is anatta, not self. This body is comprised of the same elements as nature. I cannot control them, possess them, or truly own them. They are not me, they are not mine. This body is anatta, not self. And imagining the body without skin, without flesh, just bones, skeleton. This will be my body in the future. Bringing to mind an image of the body as a skeleton, no hair, no clothes, no flesh, no blood, no breath, bones. This body is subject to old age, sickness, and death. If this body were to be left outside in the elements, it would decay. It is not exempt from that fate. This body will be a corpse. It is not exempt from that fate.
allowing the attention to lift up and away from the body, becoming aware of the empty space that surrounds the body. Taking as your anchor or primary object space. The environment above the body, to the left of your body, the environment to the right of the body that we call space. the environment below the body, in the empty space behind and in front of the body. This space continues indefinitely in every direction and has no edges or boundary. Becoming aware of space surrounding the body, allowing primary anchor to just fade into the background, knowing that it's accessible and close by if for any reason it feels right or appropriate. to work more exclusively with one object. If you're choosing to keep the attention wide, we're not working exclusively with one object, but we are open to whatever arises most naturally in the field of awareness. a sound, a breath, image, visual thought. body, pleasant, Tiredness.
not trying to change anything, not pushing anything away, and not trying to make anything happen. So rather than strengthening our preference for a particular kind of experience, and even rather than preferencing a particular object, we're learning to preference awareness itself. allowing it to make contact with whatever sensory data is most vivid. If there's too much space and it feels too ungrounded, you can keep just a little bit of attention on the body. So there's like a, there's a light touch on the body. Ten, twenty, thirty percent of our attention on the whole body. Not a close placement attention, but just a sense of whole body. And then let the, let the rest of the attention, the other 70, 80, 90%, open to the broader field of awareness. Something arises as a momentary object. It has a particular duration. And it passes. 
another object arises into and becomes consciousness. It has its own duration. Passes. Not clinging to anything in this world. Nothing. You can picture the mind or the field of awareness as a great open sky with no edges and no boundaries. The image of the sky, the field of awareness, In the sky, clouds are passing through. Clouds representing bodily sensations, out or in breath, an image, a thought, a feeling, a memory a pain, a sadness, a joy. Clouds come and they go across the landscape of our awareness.
or you're sitting at a train station and there's a train coming by in front of you. It's got a lot of train cars on it. Any train car, again, representing a thought, a feeling, an image, a sensation. We're just watching. Breath, memory, thought. Just letting the train pass by. And if a seductive or interesting thought comes by and you jump on that train car and get hauled away and you become aware of this, you can jump off and come back to the train station and simply observe the coming and going of the cars again.
Just a light touch on the body. Open to the possibility of sensation, breath, sound, thoughts, feelings, perceptions. And not clinging to anything in the world. 